With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Uh, Tuesday night, 6.30, and as ever, we get stuck into the Fight Disciples. You listen to Radio City Talk. Hope you are well. Uh, and every single week, myself and Nick uh, like to get stuck into uh, a special guest. Last week, I wasn't here. I was sunning myself. Yes, okay, I was in Tenerife. Uh, so Nick did a little bit of a special with Derry Matthews. Great listen, mate. Listen yeah. to you on the Sun Lounge. Good. It was hard to keep it down to an hour, to be honest with you. I was uh, I was asking the producer if we could have done a second hour. We could have gone on all night, to be honest. Oh, we're getting paid for that second hour. You better put the invoice in, Sunshine. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Don't be doing stuff for free on here. They'll take liberties, let me tell you. <laughs> um, but we're even more excited. No disrespect to Derry, but even more excited. Uh, about this week's guest, it is of course the man that you nicknamed yourself. We said this on the show. Oh, the baby-faced assassin, exactly. That's it. You came up with that nickname, and he's here right now. He wears it on his shorts. It is, of course, that baby-faced assassin. I'm not going to tell him that to his face. It is Paul Butler. How are you, mate? You good? I'm good, thanks. Are you? Yeah, very well indeed. Looking sharp. You're looking well. So he's getting younger. Good. He's like he's like the Benjamin Button of British backwards. boxing. He's going backwards. <laughs> um, when we start the show, um, what we do, we normally do like um, a little bit of a microphone check just to make sure that everybody's levels are right, so everybody can hear everybody in the studio. Now, I'm going to let you into a little bit of a background here, right? Because obviously, me and Nick, journalists, presenters, call us what you will. Um, we talk for a living. Nick turned up to the studios today uh, with a pasty. Um, that was for his breakfast. For his, a, steak, a steak slice for his breakfast. Um, and obviously, one, I'm doing the microphone check with Paul. I ask him, what if you have for your breakfast just so I can get some level, some decibel level in there? What was the answer, Paul? Five eggs. Five, five eggs, scrambled five eggs. eggs. That's it. Not Rocky style, scrambled. No, no toast with that? No. Just straight in? Just train on my protein and fats of a morning and then I'll carb up after, after training. Who does the eggs? Do you do them yourself? Are you, are do you, myself. Oh, yeah. 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 You're a bit of a connoisseur. Do you put any like salt and pepper in there? You just go I'll, straight I'll in naked. I put a bit of pepper on there, yeah. Do you? Yeah. Get in there. There you go. Mm. Are you listening? He's putting you to shame sometimes. He side. is, yeah. That's, exactly, why he, yeah. that's why he's going backwards in edge and you're looking like you're looking. <laughs> yeah, we, thanks to Greg's. <laughs> when I've boxed, I'll be having a Greg's. Yeah. <laughs> better get in there, mate. I'll tell you something. If Greg's are listening, if you want to send us some down, because we are really, we're giving it you tonight, aren't we? <laughs> we mentioned you about six or seven times. <laughs> Um, mate, pleasure to have you in the studio. Um, a lot of people know that you are out April the 8th yeah. uh, on uh, the inaugural uh, Big T Sports Show. I'll tell you something, that's big. We'll get to that a little bit later on, but you're out. Um, I'm looking down the list. There's nobody next to your name. Have we got an opponent yet, brother, or what? What's going on? No, we we had one last week, um, but that's fell through because it's not, it's not good preparation for hopefully my next opponent, which hopefully will be Jamie McDonnell. Wicked. It was a tall orthodox, but I had a small southpaw, so it's, it's not <laughs> ideal. no favours there, yeah. yeah it's yeah. not ideal, no, so um, we're looking at someone else now. Well, how tall are you, Nick? Six, six two, six three. Messing on, yeah. Get yourself in there, lad. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go 30 seconds. You're joking. Listen, after your pasties, mate, you're, you're, you're fuelled to get yourself in there, lad. You know what he's, I mean? He's got a heavy bag in the gym. He doesn't need to punch <laughs> me around as well. How difficult is that um, when you are training for a fight, not knowing who you are fighting? With less against? than two weeks to go, yeah. yeah. It is difficult because um, you're not getting like the same type of sparring in. 
You haven't mm. got an opponent, so you haven't got no one to work for. So we're just getting in different sparring every week, someone different. Um, just trying to tick every box, really. It's difficult, isn't it? Because every time I've spoken to you, and, and, and fighters, obviously, that come in here, it's always a case of, well, I'm not looking beyond this opponent. I'm not mm. looking beyond this opponent. You've already, we've already, we've been here what uh, two minutes, and we've yeah. mentioned that that man that we're after. We're we're after that crown. We're after uh, regaining uh, world championship belts, my man. And that is, of course, uh, Jamie McDonald. We know his size and shape. So, in a way, are you kind of training for him at this moment in time. Yeah, I have been for a while, to be honest. But as soon as I, obviously this this opponent gets named, all eyes will be on him, and then and then we'll hopefully move on towards Jamie McDonald then, mm. which is a massive fight. It's, it's a huge fight. It's yeah. been Jamie McDonald for a while since is this when you moved up or when you yeah. moved to Joe, was it a case of sitting down and going, right, okay, I'm gonna move to this gym, we're gonna do things differently, I'm gonna move up in weight. Target number one has got to be McDonald. Has it literally been like that from, from day one? That's been the blueprint. When I first went to Joe, the um the first opponent we we got we got told was Marlon Tapolis from um, I think well, from Thailand. Well, well pronounced. The WBO, well pronounced. Uh, well done, yeah. mate. <laughs> from Thailand, um, he's the WBO champion. So we were working towards him, and then he got ordered a mandatory, I think. Mm. And then we were looking at Haskins. Your old mate. My old mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, he holds my old title, so mm. that'd have been pretty easy to make, but. I'd rather Jamie McDonnell, he's the name out there. Yeah. Um, even though he doesn't hold the super title, uh, Zanet holds that, but if it was to beat Jamie McDonnell, I'd, be I'd have to box Zanet then. So mm. Jamie McDonnell's the right way to go, I think, because he's the name, I, I believe, in the division. Mm. It, it's buzzing, there's a little division, though. It's all kind of based yeah, right. around here, isn't it? Zanet obviously yeah. is based at Ricky Atten's gym, yeah. isn't he? So it's, uh, it's all right in the Northwest. Like it's It feels like it's waiting for someone to go in. And just clean all them belts up and round them all up and pull them all together. Baby, just piece of baby face is here, he's ready to go, man. Exactly, he's ready to rock yeah, and roll, yeah. he's ready to do I'm that. Ready to go. And that's it. Listen, I'm, I'm going to touch upon something that is slightly negative before we talk about great positives. It's approximately about a year since you were sat in here with us preparing for a fight, obviously, which you ended up missing weight for. Yeah. It's about a year ago, I'm guessing. Yeah, it was. Um, so the tra- And obviously, since then, you've teamed up with Joe. You've mm. moved to 118 now. Where are you at mentally? Physically, emotionally, are you feeling a lot better? Yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm in my prime. I'm just coming into my prime, and I feel like Joe's going to get the best out of me. Um, a few things have been said, like he won't be as good as he was under Arnie and stuff like that. But listen, I believe I'm improving under Joe. Um, the sparring we're doing, the sparring he's getting in for me, is uh, a lot better than I've had anywhere else. Mm. Um, and the people around me, the likes of the Smith brothers, you just watch them spar and mm. you're picking up little things. Obviously, you've got you, you've got Callum, nice and long, keeps everything dead straight, beefy's dead short range. So you're picking up little things every day in the gym. Um, you, obviously, you've got the likes of Crowley. You're, you're training around champions, yeah. which I'm improving with. Well, when you went there, I initially thought that's a great move because Scott Quigg was there. I know that Scott's yeah. now moved, obviously, stateside. Mm. But in and around your weight, bantamweight, super bantamweight, yeah. maybe just a touch above you, but Scott was there. I'm thinking, that's a nice little touch that, actually going there. And obviously, mm. you guys, I would have guessed, working together. How's the dynamic changed since he's cleared off, obviously, Sunday and you know bloody LA Beach? Funnily enough, I never sparred with Scott. Never got really? it while I was there, yeah. Um, no, he was... To be honest with you, he's massive. <laughs> he's uh, a big boy, huge, isn't he? <laughs> he's huge for the weight. Yeah. Um, and he more than holds his own with Stephen Smith, Crawlers, yeah. Scott Cardles. So I think he, he probably would have been a bit too too big for me to spar. 
especially more than four rounds anyway. Mm. This is going to be, when we get an opponent, your third fight with John, right? Yeah, You've already had two, haven't you? Yeah. Um, and even even in that short period of time that I saw, in because it's six months really since you moved and had those two fights last year, you could see... Mm. Mainly for me, confidence, I think it was. Yeah. You've always been a confident guy. You've been a yeah. former bloody world champion, for crying out loud. But there's, it, there seemed to be um, an assurity about your work. You seemed to be... You, you, it was like it was. you weren't thinking about it when you were in there. Mm. It seemed like it just came naturally again. It just flows. You. With Joe, um, I always have my amateur coach in, in the corner with me, as well as Joe, mm-hmm. or whoever I've been with. And um, I remember Macca saying to me, before my first one with Joe upstairs where I was warming up he said you feel good I said yeah he said game plan ready feel comfortable yeah I said yeah I said it feels like I've already boxed him 10 times over I've watched him that much and know what he's going to do every time I stabbed to the body he'd try and come back with a right hand Yeah. so it was about coming back coming back with my own right hand and everything that we'd worked on the gym fell into place in the fight is, is, do you think that's what gives Joe the edge? Do you think that's what where his strength is? His game planning because he watches. He's yeah. a real student of the game, Mate, isn't he? Ridiculous. Joe Gallagher. Like he is ridiculous. He, he literally must off. watch boxing twenty four seven. I bet you he doesn't watch anything else except boxing. Mm. He doesn't. You walk in the gym and there's always one of our opponents on in the gym. Um, at the moment, it's obviously Liam Williams. It has been Linares. Uh, we had obviously that opponent. What I did have yeah. on in the gym. Um, honestly, he doesn't stop. Uh, we finished the gym. We go and do track or swim. He'll go home and he'll, he'll study boxing again. So for your own confidence, yeah. then, to be part of that stable, to know that Joe's got this incredible knowledge of your opponents mm. must give you so much confidence because you're like, if Joe says stab to the body, slip yeah. and then count, come back with the counter right, he's obviously seen it. Yeah. And then after the strength of your first fight, as you say, you mm. can see it working in practice. Yeah. Is that something you've never had with a coach before? Do you think that's why Definitely. what his big strength I think, is? I think that's what's taken me to the next level. Um, I feel more rounded in there as well. Like I know it was good for the crowd when I used to sit on the ropes and slip, slip, catch, catch, and then throw loads of shots myself. But no point in me even being on the ropes. No. Yeah. Why not just take that step back to the ropes as soon as I feel the ropes? Off, off you go. Yeah. Don't even give them their five, ten seconds of me being on the ropes so, that, so it looks good to the judges. I'm going to. Um, he's probably already said this to you, uh, but Joe randomly phoned me yesterday. I don't know. We mm. just had a little bit of a chat. It was a bit weird. Maybe he miscalled. He was looking for somebody else in his phone. I don't know. <laughs> but we, we were having a general conversation, mainly about crawl at the weekend. And then I moved on to obviously saying that you were with us today. And he said, You are the most talented British boxer around at this moment in time, active at this moment in time. Naturally talented. You know what? After we watched Lenares on Saturday. He rang me up on the Sunday. He said, you need to start watching Linares. He goes, you're the closest we have in the gym and around that I know that, that can do what Linares does. Nice and relaxed. Mate, stab big, to the body, stab to the that's head. That's big kudos. Yeah. I know, so... How does that make you feel? I mean, I know that, obviously, you're a grounded lad, right? Mm. But how does that make you feel when he's saying... I mean, he's had some guys in his, his camp, man. Come on, mm. he's had some champions in his camp, hasn't he? You know what I mean? And he's been yeah. around a lot of elite fighters. For him to say... And you've only been with him less than a year. For yeah, him to say, this, this is the most natural kid that uh, I've ever had. For him to say that, that's... that's for yeah, Ring Magazine, Trainer of the Year, 20, what were it, 2015? Yeah, that's, yeah. Big, that's big time. It, yeah, it's a huge compliment. And um, I can only repay him by doing what I do and listening to him. Um, every time we're in the gym and sparring, there's always something new after each round. Mm. Like, you're doing that wrong, that needs to be there, or... 
there's always something with him, so I feel like I'm always improving with him, which is good. No, absolutely, man. Um, Paul's going to be with us for a short period of time. Make sure you stick around. Uh, you are listening to Radio City Talk. We're obviously going to we're going to have to talk about his stable mate Crawler of the weekend. We'll oh, get yeah. to that very, very shortly. And I know he's mentioned his name, but we are going to be talking about the prospects that uh, uh, this young man will be a two-time world champion by the end of 2017. Fingers crossed on that. You're listening to Radio City Talk. Stick around. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. You're listening to Radio City Talk. This is Fight Disciples Tuesday night. If you've only just joined us, Paul Butler is in the studio with us right now. If you've missed that first part, where have you been, man? It'll be available on our website later on, fightdisciples.com. Download it at your leisure and listen to him over and over again. We genuinely believe this kid will be... I can't believe... I apologise, mate. That's quite uh, patronising, referring to you as a kid. You're not a kid. You're 28 years of age. You know what I mean? He just it, looks like a kid. It's just yeah. that you, you nicknamed him what you nicknamed him. Uh, hence calling him that. I apologise, my friend. But you mentioned, obviously, in our first part of our chat, Jamie McDonald. Mm. That is, he is uh, WBA champ. We've mentioned the WBA super champ, Zana, who is with uh, Ricky at this moment in time uh, in your weight category. You've mentioned Haskins, IBF champ. There's a mm. lot of potential here for some serious... I mean, I'm going to class Zanet as a domestic dust-up because he's cl- he, he works down the road, down the M62 yeah. in Manchester. Manchester. Yeah. All right, I'm going to class that as that. What an opportunity in this weight division, not only to become, I don't want to get too carried away here, mate, to be a one-time, to hold one of the belts, but there's an opportunity here to be unified champion. Yeah, it's a massive opportunity. Um, and this time, I can hopefully win it and defend it. Last time I got advised to... To give it up. To How do you look up. at that now, mate? Because obviously, for, for those for those that don't know, um, Paul's story is you were IBF champion at this weight, balance and weight. Yeah, yeah. You then vacated and stepped down in weight to do something that nobody's done in 200 years in an attempt to obviously become world champion yeah. at the weight class below. You've now stepped back up to 118 pounds at balance and weight to regain those um, championship belts because you've never lost them. You just no. vacated them. So how do you look back at that time now? Biggest mistake in my career. Um... I should have kept hold of the IBF title. I should have defended it. Yeah. Um, Caballero was a very good kid, but we made the mistake in going back down a week, um, not knowing what Tete was like. Yeah. And Tete's quality as well. Yeah, he's absolute he's quality. He's really good. I think. I think. Who, by the way, is on this card that you're on th- with? Yeah. On, on I the think weekend. I'd have had an easier night against Caballero. Yeah. Than I did against Tete. I think he was just an unknown quantity. So, I think it's just a shame that I was the person that everyone got to know. Him. That Tete was about. Mm. Yeah, yeah, true. Mm. So now, with that, we speak about this all the time, don't they? Sometimes it's not losses, it's learns yeah, within yeah, the world completely. of boxing. Yeah. So now you're a bit more mature, you've had that experience. What does it do for your hunger when you're, when you're stepping through the ropes? I, I was hungry the day after I got beat. As soon as I got beat, I wanted to be back in the gym. I was in the gym the week after, and the first thing I'd done was spar because I, I didn't want to get back in that ring and be thinking, oh, what's it like to get it again? Because it just plays on in your mind. And yeah. you, you see people get knocked out and they come back half the fight they was. Mm. Um, but I knew that wouldn't bother me because I'm, I'm quite mentally tough. Um, stuff like that doesn't bother me. And I think I had four stoppages after that. I've had two tough ten rounds under Joe as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no confidence been knocked from me. And I'm as eager as ever, and I want to. I want to go on and win a second world title. Does it? Does it um, burn even brighter though? Because obviously, with what you've done, because like you said, you weren't beaten. Mm. You you decided through your team at that yeah. time to to vacate and step down. Now you obviously you mentioned the word regret a little bit earlier mm. on a mistake in my career. Does that then make that fire burn even brighter to say, listen, man, I I'm I should be the bantamweight champion. I should be the man. I'm going to go and prove to everybody that I'm the man. Yeah, that 
like you say, I didn't lose it in the ring. Um, I vacated it because I was advised to, um, which I should never have done. Looking back at it now, you should never like give up a I world think, title. I think that's why Jamie McDonald's holding on to the bantamweight division because he's the world champion. Yeah, you don't want to give up something that's yours. Kel Brooks, a prime example, one four seven like as that. well. I didn't yeah. think of it like that yeah. back then. I just thought, yeah, I'll go back down and wait. I box for the world title. Unbeknown, it was against Tete, and no one knew nothing about him. Yeah. Sometimes that happens, doesn't it? Because some, let's be honest, up until that point, you were on a term, mate. You were smashing everybody to pieces. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's probably one of those things. Well, it's just I've got one here. I'll go and get one there. I'll go and get one yeah. here. I'll go and get yeah. one there. Take it for granted. A little yeah, bit. exactly. Yeah. Until there's a bump in the road, then you think to yourself, "Well, actually, this is a real prize possession that not everybody's going to get to." Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've got those natural talents to be able to go back and go and do the business, and now it's a case of going out and actually proving it. Yeah. When when you're unbeaten, you think you can't be beat. Yeah. Uh, and then when you do, I think it gives you a, a kick up the backside, and um, you just want to go on and push on even you want to train even harder then mm. go out on them r- late night runs early morning runs and uh, put it in a little bit more and go and get back what what's yours have you still got a bit of the, the IBF belt or did you actually physically give it back when you no you, you do send you a version you've yeah. got a version every belt apart from the British if you don't win it yeah, yeah. right you keep yeah. you get to keep yeah so do you look at that belt now and think I should be defending <laughs> you know I should never have walked away don't from look that at it. it's, it's in my dad's house I don't really yeah, sniff just... it yeah, <laughs> yeah. You've, no. you, Nick obviously your relationship with Paul goes back years man yeah, right, yeah. Right, right, right back to the ABAs obviously when you nicknamed him in the, in the course, Liverpool yeah. Echo he was still an amateur yeah. mm. talk to me about when he was an amateur what did you see then what did you What did you spot I'm obviously Joe well, Gallagher he, we mentioned he, earlier on he, spotted this guy Paul is, he's always stood out from the crowd because not only is he technically superb but you know back in the Vauxhall Motors days and everything like that you know that was a club with, steeped in history you know that, that, that had a great history in the ABA championships and and Paul come through, and um, he just stood out straight away. You know, no one could live with him. You know, he, could, he can fight on the inside, he can box on the outside. He's got big power for a, a little guy as well. And uh, straight away, you could see that he was made for the pro game. I think everyone could see that as well. You know, mm. I think Paul himself probably could have stuck around in the amateurs, but for what you know, amateurs is just full of politics, and it was inevitable that he would take it, take control of his own career, and push on with the pros. So, when you won that world title so soon. Mm. It, it, it literally looked like the world was going to be your oyster. It was like, how many belts can he pick up now? And it took that knock against Tete to go away and to rebuild and to change things and to tune things up. But listen, this guy's only just getting started. I know, I know he only looks 12, but you've got <laughs> so much experience He's to say now. that because he came up with a nickname. You've got so much experience in the tank now, which you didn't have before. That's yeah. that's another thing you take into the ring now. The fact that you've got this experience, you've, you've been there, you've been a world champion, you've got it, you know what it takes. And you know that on your day, there's no one in this weight class that can touch you anyway. Mm. So... That, that's got to be an exciting thing from, from Paul's perspective. Obviously, it's a, certainly an exciting thing from Joe's perspective. It's just about making the matches now, you know. Hopefully, McDonald. we spoke to Dave Caldwell about it. They fancy the fight, so I don't see any reason why their fight isn't going to get signed this week. And um, and then it'll just be a case of week after next, you're going to have a mark and time opponent, yeah. someone that's going to give you a couple of rounds, hopefully someone quite, quite tall as well. And then we fast forward into that world title fight. I want to see it. It's got to happen this summer. Obviously, I don't want to jump too far ahead because you want that world title fight at this weight class. But what about, um, obviously, genetic-wise, mm. you've gone down. What about going up? Is that a plan? Is there a plan for maybe getting a bit there's, few more pies in, you know what I mean, get to Greg's we in for a bit of one-two-two action? There's no plan of super bantamweight just yet. <laughs> um, I'm just about starting to grow into a bantamweight now. Mm. Um, I thought I was quite small last time I was a bantamweight. 
Um, Hence the decision probably to, to step go back down. down. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now I think I'm just starting to grow in it. Um, it was a struggle making super flyweight, and I was only a pound away from it. But bantamweight now unboxing this one will be at eight eight. Uh, obviously, the next one will be at eight six. So mm-hmm. start growing into a, a proper bantamweight, and you'll see you'll see how strong I am at bantamweight um, compared to what I was last time against Stewie Hill. Have you now added like a whole weight program as well? Are you really doing you doing a lot of strength and conditioning? I've now? always I've always um, done my strength and conditioning here in Liverpool at no limits, mm-hmm. and um, Danny just and altered, guys, yeah. yeah, Danny and Sam uh, we just altered a few things, um, not to put too much muscle on, but to be strong mainly. Obviously we wanted to put that extra pound or two on a muscle but we don't want to go too big where we're struggling like mad to make the band yeah. weight division again like it was at Super Flowey. I think a lot of fight fans they see fight night don't they? They, yeah. see, they, they see, You see you do the ring walk oh great and then you yeah. get in the ring and you do your thing. They don't necessarily see all the things that come the 10 weeks, weeks the 12, 10 weeks before yeah, yeah yeah 8 to 12 weeks out the, all the things that you go through I mean we've um, obviously been speaking to a lot of guys um, at nutrition companies like uh, the guys at Applied Nutrition who I know that supply yeah, Joe's gym and you guys yeah. all you guys and just the science of talking about those supplements and how you yeah. in, in, integrate them with your eggs in the morning yeah. <laughs> all this type of thing there's a lot to think about man and you've got to be on it all the time or your team should I say has got to be on it all the time in order to be able to keep you one happy and two in trim to be able to perform under the lights on fight night. Yeah, definitely. It's not about, with all this applied nutrition stuff, it's not about just taking it. It's about taking it at the right times, during training, straight after training. And the right stuff for literally you. Literally not like yeah. an hour after training. Literally as soon as you finish training, putting it, putting the goodness back into your body. Um, before, like, there's, there's a nice little treat that they're doing. Um, it's a protein mousse. Who's this cho- applied nutrition? Yeah, it's a chocolate mousse. Look at his and, face uh, light up, man. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, look at this, I'm getting I'm dessert. Just, I'm allowed to eat that's dessert what it's like. in I, camp. I like my chocolate and stuff, mate, and it's hard to, to cut out during camp. Yeah. And, um, so how, hang on a minute, before applied nutrition, Yeah. How? when would you cut out the chocolate? Come on, man, because like let's be honest. Three you, weeks before. Yeah, somewhere. three weeks, you're not yeah. doing the full 12. No, no. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's just like, a nice thing because it's it's like a protein shake, but it's not it's a mousse. So. Yeah, so it tastes like a dessert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like having an angel. There's people delight. clambering now on, online going, "What's this mousse?" That's yeah. yeah. on. It's a <laughs> We need some. Let's get some in the studio. <laughs> but again, there is. Do you take obviously all fighters take responsibility for what they're putting into their mm. bodies and how they're going about their business? But it is a team game at the end of the day. You want yeah. to just concentrate on doing your thing in the yeah. ring. Yeah. It's about having the right guys. You've just mentioned your strength and conditioning guys, your nutrition guys, your supplement guys, all these things. There's a, there's a big picture to just what we see on fight night. Yeah. Well, we finish training. We have our shakes. We go over to a place called the um, Nutra Bar in Bolton. Mm. All The whole team goes there. Uh, we'll all have our food. Then we'll go over to David Lloyd's. We'll rest for another hour. And then we'll do our track or a swim. So Joe sees us up until four o'clock. And then we go home and then we do what... We do then. Joe obviously trusts us. Yeah, go over, meet the right things. Yeah, yeah. Sleep. Joe just wants us to, like, he gets all our food prepared for us because Nutribar gives us more food to go home with. Um, so Joe just trusts us to obviously not eat. eat that. Yeah. Not, not order a kebab. Not pig out. <laughs> exactly. Not go McDonald's drive through at nine o'clock at night <laughs> and stuff like that. So everything's prepared perfectly for us. Joe just wants us to come in, train, eat the right things, 
and it's just repeat really and from, a, a, from a fighter's yeah. perspective that's got to be a massive that's help awesome. that you, have, you haven't you yes. know worry about what you're having for your tea you haven't got to go no, to the supermarket you haven't got to take that a pack lunch yeah. it's done all done yeah all we've got to do is wake up in the morning go to training and get right. better that's brilliant yeah. it's incredible it? and you know because after that it's, it's, it's a real insight we've had Joe in the studio and obviously we know he's a student in the game and we waxed lyrical about him before but to know that it's all encompassing that you know not only is he bringing the te- technical aspects but he's bringing everything to the table mm. you know, you've got your supplements company you've got the food on the table you've got a, 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 basically a lifestyle he's built a lifestyle for these guys to follow mm. as long as you follow the lifestyle and you keep learning in the gym and you keep and you're committed to the lifestyle you, you can get to the very top. It's it's great to hear about it. It's a real camp mentality. That well, that's it. You just mentioned the word mentality. A, I'm sure there's a lot of stresses as a fighter when you're thinking, oh, I've got to go on tonight, and I've got to eat this, and there's nothing in my house, and I've got to get this, and I've got to get this food, and I've got to do this. all these other things. When all you want to do is concentrate on the technical aspects of your sport. That's it. Yeah. And another thing, Joe's um, obviously close with Applied Nutrition. They've got us free membership toward David Lloyd's as well, which gets Has us it? in. I'll fold you up. <laughs> Which gets us in. Like, David David Lloyd's is a pretty funny, like, our one in Ellesmere Port. You can only go to that one if you're a member there. Right. Same with everywhere, really, unless you've been a member for Have you got, years. like, one of them, like, Nando's black cards? Is that that's, what it is? You've got a special VIP card? I wouldn't mind a Nando's black yeah. card, <laughs> So you've got um, a special card where you can just go, hey, we just get go into any David yeah. Lloyd, that's phenomenal. Mm. That's what, and when you say that you go in there for rest, what is it? Is it steam? Is it sauna? What are you doing? No. There, you just Bloody go in there and chill out. Don't be mentioning that. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, we obviously there's all settees and chairs and that in there. We all go and chill there. Just chill for an hour and yeah. then you go and do a swim yeah, or you do a like so, Wow, and that's it, yeah, and then we, then we go home. Do you know something? Yeah. I fancy being a fighter. I don't fancy doing the actual fight thing on fight night. I fancy all this. All this the nice. lifestyle. This Get is all fed, right. You know. Yeah, this yeah, is exactly, all right, yeah, isn't it? Of course. Some of that not tackle bad. and a bit of that moose. That, that moose will look, look after me. <laughs> we need some of that moose. Big shout out to Applied Nutrition. Send us some moose. No, absolutely. Listen, stick around. You are listening to Radio City Talk. It's Tuesday night with us, the Fight Disciples. Paul Butler's with us. He's out on April the 8th at the arena in Manchester uh, and then hopefully world title action will be uh, up next for him however we've got a little bit of a bone to pick with him because uh, as I mentioned earlier on Joe Gallagher did um, ring me yesterday we had a little bit of a chat about Paul and he, he inquired about Paul's um, football uh, and uh, and his, uh, his stuff that he gets up to at the weekend of which we're going to be speaking about in a minute make sure you stick around this is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. You listen to Radio City Talk, it's Tuesday night. Me and Nick here, as ever, presenting the Fight Disciples show. And every week we try our very best to get someone who uh, is synonymous with Merseyside Boxing uh, in the studio for a little bit of a chat. And it just so happens that a week is Saturday. Uh, Paul Butler is back in action at the arena in Manchester. And he's joining us very kindly in the show right now. However, I'm sure that if you are a fan of boxing... Um, uh, and a fan of Paul Butler, you will might be able to catch him over weekend playing down your local uh, park. Obviously, Saturday and Sunday Saturday. league legend. That's this it. man's a Saturday Sunday league legend. That's it, man. You know what I mean? I mean, we've had Beefy in here on previous occasions, who is massive in the football, loves the football, plays his football at the weekend. Yeah. Um, and he does get a little bit of a telling off by his trainer, who is your trainer, Joe Gallagher. Uh, listen, you've got to cut the football out maybe five, six weeks out to fight. Um, Obviously, I don't want to grass you up, Paul, but how, how long is it before you give up? Uh, it's it's like Roy Jones. He, he fight, plays footy the morning of a fight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, it used to be like a week before, like 
A week. I, would, I wouldn't miss a game like a week before. So you'd risk broken legs, little niggles here, there, and everywhere. My dad, my dad used to kick right off all the time. <laughs> I used to have to when I was living at home, mm. put my footy boots under my top, sneak go for a run. Yeah, just, just <laughs> instead of walking past the window, I'd jump over the wall in front as well, <laughs> <laughs> just to get out and someone would pick me up in the car, and then go play a proper eleven-a-side match. Yeah, there's been, there's been times where he's turned up, well, he gave and, and, and dragged yeah, you off. Gone to the manager. Who's picked this side? You're <laughs> me, right? He's boxing next week. Get him off. That's brilliant. And I've been running down the left wing or playing as a striker. Dad's here to take him off. That's something unbelievable. So, go to take him off. I know, but you're talking about your actual career here. I know. I know. Playing, playing in the park with the lads on a Saturday. So, what are the two teams that you play for Saturday, Sunday? Sutton Athletic on a Saturday and yeah. Sutton Casuals on a Sunday. And what's your position? What are you striker. playing? Striker. Striker. Every single, every single fight strikers. we speak to, They're man, all strikers. Glory hunters. They want to get up. They're not bothered. This is what it is. Solo mentality. He's not interested in the rest of the team. Give me the ball. I want to put it in the back. Exactly, That's yeah. what it is. He's glory. Too small to defend, aren't I? So, either left wing or striker. It doesn't matter. Listen, it doesn't matter about size. Every single boxer we have in mm. is a centre forward, yeah. Dave Caldwell. In fact, even? you know what? That said, I'm pretty sure Beefy is a midfielder. Pretty sure he plays pretty much anywhere, you know. Well, yeah. to be honest, he's beefy, he he, he so he does whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not like the manager's going to go, you're out of position. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> now, as as well as obviously, the, are the team doing well this season? Yeah, we've played twenty one twenty. We're a cup final on the fourteenth. That's all right, isn't it? Yeah, flying sunshine. Are yeah. you going to be in that cup final? Obviously, you just mentioned world title aspirations. Where you, Jamie McDonald, that's not going to put you off, is it? You're still going to play the game. Um, I'm, I mostly manage on a Saturday. Oh no. Um, Play a manager. Me and another King Kenny. King Kenny here. Yeah, he's giving it a bit, isn't he? So I'd rather give... We've got a few strikers, so I'd rather give them the glory. And yeah, and as long as it's going well. Otherwise, the boots come on with half an hour to go. Half time, get off. I'm, I'm on. on. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, exactly, man. Now, the footy team's going well. I've noticed that your social media is going even better at this moment in time, mate. Have you seen this man on Twitter? He Blown is, up. He is brutal. Absolutely brutal. If you get, if you even cross his path, he will <laughs> abuse you. The other day, he observed somebody, I don't know, Snapchatting or something, and he were giving them all sorts of pelters. Wait, your sunshine. Yeah, they always do it. Um, <laughs> just stuff like that does me then, you know what I mean? Give it a rest. <laughs> have you have you ever thought of maybe doing a bit of stand up comedy? You've got a little no. bit of answer there, mate. Is that maybe it's that Merseyside wit? That's what it is, isn't it? That's what it is. Sharp exactly. songs, man. Sharp songs. <laughs> get yourself on this stage, mate. Get yourself... <laughs> yeah. I'm too shy to be on this yeah, stage. No, say, yeah, I'm that's... telling you. You're a keyboard. You're a keyboard comic, are you? Is that yeah, what you're that's it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Speaking of your actual day job, fighting, Frank Warren's done a fantastic thing with this BT TV deal of which you're going to be on the inaugural show in Manchester can't wait mate this Pro- is, the promos look fantastic they do they look hats off to BT Sport like but mm. they look sensational now obviously your relationship with Frank on Box Nation a lot of let's say casual fans mm. might have Paul Butler going under the radar yeah now with this BT deal you must be extremely excited because this like throws you right in the living room of yeah. every man and his dog yeah I think with with Box Nation it was you die-hard boxing fans yeah. that only yeah. knew. Like, if you walked down the street and said, do you know Paul Butler, do you know Liam Smith? This time, well, probably still now, until we go into BT Sports, they'd have probably said, no, never heard of him. Yeah, yeah. But if you walked down the street and you'd ask the general public, do you know Anthony Crawler? Mm. Do you know Tony Kelby, Bellew Tony or... Bellew? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I've, I watched him box on on Sky. Yeah. Um, I think that changes everything for... For us that were on Box Nation, going on to BT, um, 
because I think there's more viewers for BT than there is for Sky Sports. So yeah. that changes everything for us. Their, their footy, especially you being on the follow-up of footy matches, for example, they have they always have Saturday night footy, don't they? And then yeah. I'm guessing that the the boxing is going to follow straight on after yeah. the back yeah. of that. Yeah. Well, they they'll be, they'll be teasing match. the boxing during the game. I'm guessing they will like be. That, yeah. So absolutely, yeah. it'd be huge. It's a massive opportunity, and uh, it's great really because boxing needs it. You know, it's not good having just one promoter control British boxing yeah. the way he kind of did. I think it's amazing for Frank, and uh, if anyone can can make this relationship work. It's Frank Warren. He's been proving it for countless years in British boxing. This is just the platform he's been waiting for. So mm. I'm super excited for that show because not only is it a good show full of talent, but um, but also I think BT are going to try and do something a little bit special as well. I'm excited for it. Well, let's talk about it because obviously you're on it. You must be thrilled that you're on the first show. That's great. Uh, but also to be on there with... The WBO lightweight champion Terry Flanagan, fantastic yeah, yeah. talent, longest unbeaten streak I think by a British fighter. But again, as Paul said, then he's suffered from the fact that he's only been on Box Nation. Him, no, yeah. no one knows who Terry Flanagan is, which is heartbreaking, yeah. really, because he's been so successful. Mm. You know, but he, you know he's not that draw. But I think BT Sport for him, for Billy Joe Saunders, you know, there's guys out there that are going to massively benefit. And obviously, Paul's one of them as well. You've got to ask yourself: Would the McDonald? world title fight have come around if he was tied to Box Nation mm. possibly not it changes the game that BT are involved now because it means one Frank can offer more money can can put on these type of world title fights no absolutely so Terry's on that and then yeah. we've got your stable mate Beefy's in there you know yeah. what I mean we, we, we speak on our uh, other show episode 87 of the podcast which is available right now uh, fightdisciples.com go and download it we speak about his little cheeky trip to Barcelona which I was a massive yeah. fan of I like that go and get a little bit of a sharpener under the radar keep it out of the way yeah, how's yeah. he looking is he looking sharp is he is, he, looking, is he pumped he's looking good um, the best I've seen him and I've seen him in the whole build up towards Canelo obviously he didn't have a good uh, preparation for Canelo with, the cut, of, with yeah. the cut eye and that mm-hmm. so he didn't I didn't see him i seen him spar once uh, with Kel previous to the, to the cut eye Um but he's looking really good. Um, best I've seen him. Uh, he's sharp. He's switched on. He's focused. He's confident. Um, but he's not overconfident. I think he just wants to put Liam Liam Williams in his place. Mm. Um, I think because the odds are so close, uh, people are saying it's a 50-50 fight. I think he wants to prove that, listen, this is no 50-50 fight. I'm the boy. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'm I'll be honest. We've been saying that. We've been saying it's a 50-50 fight. We think Liam Williams has done great and he seems to get better with every title opportunity. And when it was initially announced, I thought to myself, ah, it's going to be hard for BC, Beefy to motivate himself. You don't fight Canelo and then come back to, you know, what is really just like a upper domestic level. Mm. Hard for him to get motivated. I'm, I'm concerned here because Liam Williams has really got the bit between his teeth and is just getting better and better and better. But I think as we've drawn closer to the fight and we've seen the BT countdown show and what, as Paul's saying there, another noise is coming out of Joe's camp. It's like, it's, it's almost like Beefy feels a little bit insulted that people are saying it's 50-50. Because he's like, wait a minute, I've I've been a world champ. I am the next level, and I'm gonna re- I'm gonna yeah. prove a point now that I'm completely a different level to Liam Williams. I think mo- from a motivational standpoint, I think it could be you know we're predicting it potentially be fight of the year, but it could just be an absolute whitewash if 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 Beefy's in there and he's super motivated. And the added incentive of the interim belt now he's on there exactly. Yeah, I think everything's just fallen into place for it. Um, you ain't gonna have to go looking for Liam Williams either, which usually means that Beefy's on you know tears people up. If, yeah. if you try and meet Beefy in the centre of the ring, you're mm. only gonna go out one way, and I think that's what Liam Williams' style is gonna be. One of the most amusing things that um, I have with Beefy, and, and you're gonna obviously back this up because I know you're in the gym with him on a day-to-day mm. basis, right? 
the amount of talking he does whilst he's fighting. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Have you ever been ringside when he's fighting? Chat away, yeah. Chat, chats. He's yeah. brutal. He's, yeah. he's he's ripping them to pieces yeah. with a chat and all sorts of stuff. I'm thinking, bloody heck, I'd, I'd cower just at the chat with yeah, it after exactly, stuff. Yeah. Is that, yeah. it? that all it, you've got? Yeah, and, it, and he's got that weird mouthpiece which makes it look like he's missing his teeth, which yeah. makes him look even more sinister. <laughs> Doesn't it? He? He's brutal. He has got a little bit of chat about him when he's in there. He does like to have a cut. A yeah, he does talk. it now and again in sparring. Uh, not too much so good sparring. It's quite quite respectful um, but you do hear him every now and again when we're we're, we're on the floor doing sit-ups and that you'll hear something muttered and you're like <laughs> beefy, beefy again beefy having a go at the sparring mm. partners no, he's, and all good, isn't he? he's all good um, one of the other stable mates was in action at the weekend obviously and yeah. Crawler uh, again we speak about it on episode well, 87 two, actually, of two as well Marcus, Marcus was, them were on, well, of uh, course, yeah, yeah, it was. Jose was in there as well, yeah. as well. Um, but Ant in particular um, you there's been a lot of social media backlash off the back of it with people commenting on the difference in levels. At the end of the day, my take on it is Anthony Crawler is a world-class fighter. However, Jorge Linares, over the last two fights with Anthony Crawler, we've seen the best of him. And for me, he's gone into this upper echelon of elite fighters. He's just a yeah, joke. You've got your world-class and then you've got your world champions, your world-class, and then you've got your elite. He's the elite of the lightweight division. Him and Mikey Garcia on a different level yeah. Um, I'd love to see that fight as well yes yeah, but uh, Ant was just unlucky that I didn't think we'd get a better Linares than last time yeah um, but I think he knew what was coming with, with Ant and um, his shot selection was unbelievable yeah he didn't throw many right uppercuts last time he threw him quite a lot in this fight he couldn't and miss he, with them yeah he, he was bringing the left uppercuts in as well and that's the shot what caught him and and dropped him around six, was it? Seven. Seven yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you even said on the on our other show, yeah, he didn't miss a shot for ten no, rounds. No, he didn't. He That's didn't. unbelievable. He doesn't miss a punch. Or... No, and, and that that allows him to be quite conservative and, and look like at times he's coasting through rounds. I thought in the first fight he probably coasted through rounds a little bit too easy, but in this fight, he was doing very little in some rounds. But what he did do was with pinpoint was accuracy well, yeah. and was hitting Anthony as well. And uh, don't get me wrong, I think it was a it was a real. Tough performance by Anthony Crawler. I think mm. he, he Anthony Crawler probably improved on it on the first fight, but only marginally. Whereas Linares was like a completely different fighter. He he lived up to all the expectation that's behind him and this momentum that's behind him in the US with Golden Boy and tipping him, tipping to be one of the best pound for pound fighters in the planet. On the, on Saturday night, he actually lived up to that expectation. He produced what they know he's got in the locker that we hoped had passed them by. And uh, there's absolutely no shame in that, you know. And I think Anthony, similar to Beefy against Canelo, should come out of it with his head held high and go, you know what? I'm beating against one of the greatest boxers pound for pound on the planet. Bring on Teddy Flanagan. You must obviously watch that. And with Joel's conversation with you afterwards mm. about Lenore's, watch this guy because this you're the closest thing that we've got to this guy yeah. in, in Joel's opinion. You must take great inspiration from that because we're all going crazy about Lenore's performance of how good yeah. it was. And to be compared, to even be uttered in the same sentence as Jorge Linares, you must be thinking to yourself, wow, I've got some boots to fill, but people believe that I've got the opportunity to be able to do that. Yeah, I think it's just about watching him and picking up little things, what he does, just how relaxed he Slide was under pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, every time Crawler took a couple of steps forward, he'd take one back and go up to the sides and whip the uppercuts in, mm. or he'd stab to the head and stab to the body as he was coming in. Yeah. And that stab to the body was just stopping everything. Yeah, Crawler couldn't do nothing. Um, he looked like he was enjoying himself, didn't he? He did, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't get me wrong, fighters do enjoy it, but he, yeah. he especially after round four, once he knew he'd, he'd got pretty much got all the them in the bag, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
every time Crawler seemed to get close then, and I thought, oh, here we go, Crawler's getting into the yeah. fight now. I think once he got dropped in round seven, I think he came back one rounds eight and nine. He was yeah. great in ACA. But then you look at Lenares in rounds 11 and 12 again, Crazy. he just breezed through him again, and you think... He's probably just having a break in rounds. Yeah, eight just and coasting nine. through. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I thought Anthony did win the eighth round. We talked about it on the, you know, we talk about it on our boxing show on the podcast. We break the fight down a lot more on there. Uh, if anyone wants to hear that breakdown, but for me, I just thought that from from the second round onwards, you, you could see it. You could see that Lenares was absolutely on point that night and it was going to be a long round for Anthony and you know he's a tough kid and he's got he's got that poker face that Derry was talking about on this week's, on this show last week that he doesn't give the game away he can be here but he keeps moving forward but I just think you know it, it surprised me that was you surprised then Joe tried to pull him out at the end of the 11th Paul yeah, did that I surprise you or? That. I think it was because in round 11 it there wasn't much in the round up until like the last minute. He, he got caught. He yeah, got yeah. caught with three or four big shots. And Joe said, "Listen, we're not going to win the fight, and I think Lenares might want to come and just close the show in rounds twelve. Yeah, which so he never. Yeah, 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 which he never. But if he did, I think he could have stepped it up a gear or two. Because mm. um, I messaged you that didn't I as well. Been. I said maybe the, maybe he wants to pull him out because you know. I think he, he ain't going to turn the fight round in the last round, but Lenares might think I'm going to put, I'm going to go into fifth gear here mm. and just try and. Yeah, luckily enough, he never. But uh, credit to Anthony, he said oh. no, no chance. No, yeah. absolutely. All the and I respect the fact that Joe backed down as well, you know, because yeah. okay, he'd landed a couple of big shots, but on. on Unlike the seventh round with that uppercut, which was a big, big punch and, and, and did hurt, Anthony, you can tell. He wasn't at any other point in the fight that hurt. He mm. wasn't in trouble. Mm. You know, and I think the fact that he said, no, no, I really want to see the, the round out, you know, I kind of respect that Joe back down that because... Joe said he was clear. He said when he was to, when he was saying, no, Joe. Yeah, I don't he was clear in his mind. He was, he exactly. Was clear. His eyes were clear, everything he said. So I give him Trust the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, and this is in Manchester, his hometown. Yeah. You know, the last thing you want to do is get pulled out in front of your hometown fan. Yeah, and you've exactly. sold. He's done twenty-four rounds and one of the best on the planet. Exactly. End of chat. Not exactly. Many can say that. No, absolutely. Well done, him. Um, and I'm sure there's many, many big nights still left uh, for Anthony Crawler, which we're all dead uh, looking forward to. Um, now, just before I let you clear off, Derry was in last week. One of the common traits it seems now with our guests on this particular show is that they're all giving it a bit on the golf course, mate. Um, obviously Derry's a bit of a bandit he'll lie to us about his handicap but I believe that yours is pretty tasty yeah I play off eight um, eight single one. figures man so not only that's, are you sick in the ring you're alright on the golf course as well bro that's some good golf I've been off eight since I was like 16 I just don't play enough I farewell golf I just play in the summer yeah that is it um, and you can just like leave it for a year pick the clubs up bang and away we go yeah, that's it, really. Um, that's disgusting. It really is. Isn't I, it? I, enter like, <laughs> I enter competitions like the Race to Dubai, uh, stuff like that. Last season, I went Leeds, I think it was, the final. The final day, the top two go through. I missed out by two points. It was Stapleford, and I missed out by two. Wow. Oh, my God. Mm. He stuck me with an old fella. He was about 80. So <laughs> every time we'd hit a ball, he'd be 100 yards behind us, so we'd have to wait for him to walk. On the 14th hole, he got his walking stick out, so it was oh even slower again. I got in and absolutely kicked off that they stuck me with him. 80-year-old fella with me and another young lad. We were quite quick. Yeah, you And he was off a hands. high handicap. We were both off low handicaps. And uh, it just didn't make sense to me. Set I up. think it ruined me, ruined me round. Yeah, it's is a it, Once, obviously, you've become uh, multiple weight world champion and unified all these divisions. Is that is that where we're going? Are we going to the golf course? <laughs> is that what we're doing? Yeah, I'd love to, but not that good. 
<laughs> not that good. Know, Doesn't exactly, play yeah. and yeah, just turn up just and picks can, his bats up and got, yeah, got got plays off whack eight. It, whack off eight, no <laughs> bother. <laughs> easy, mate, easy. Uh, listen, there'll be people listening that are dead excited about seeing you back in action, obviously seeing Beefy in action as well. Uh, on April the 8th we've got um, some tickets up for grabs for that make sure you go to our website and download all our podcasts because there's information there of how you can get your hands on tickets for that show on April the 8th fightdisciples.com all the information will also be on our Twitter feed at fightdisciples thanks for coming in mate much much appreciated you're looking you're looking top class he's looking younger by the year no you are you're looking top (laughs) class Benjamin Button uh, Mm. we'll give him a new nickname Benjamin Button he's going backwards Mm. (laughs) and hopefully by the end of 2017, there's a yeah. few belts. Next time you're in here, there's a few well, belts to be belt. paraded. Hopefully. That's what we want. Hopefully. No, absolutely. Uh, you listen to Radio City Talk. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Uh, we will be back next week, next Tuesday. Uh, Beefy will be on the show next Tuesday. Hopefully we'll be having a little bit of a chat with Terry Flanagan. Gary Lockett as well, who is yep. Liam Williams' uh, coach. And hopefully Liam Williams will trap up as well on the phone for a little bit of a chat as we preview that big show, April the 8th, which Paul is well and truly a part of. Have a wonderful evening. Take care. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.